We present I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue, the antidote to panel games. At the piano is Colin Sell and your chairman is Humphrey Littleton. Hello and welcome to I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue. Now, I realise this programme is a group effort, but I think we'd all agree that one person in particular stands out. He stands out for his warmth, his wit and his sheer comic genius. And having thanked our announcer, let's meet the teams. <laughs> Graham Garden and Barry Cryer on my left. <laughs> Tim Brooke Taylor and Willie Rushton on my right. And we start straight away with the game called Double Feature. This round takes as its premise the poverty of the international film industry. For economic reasons, new films will have to be remakes of pairs of old films. I want you to hear the resulting titles, and I'll award points for anything approaching humour. So let's start with you now, Tim Brooke-Taylor. Oh. Yes. Ah. The makers of Watership Down and Trilby have combined to produce rabbits out of a hat. <laughs> <laughs> now Barry Crouch. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I was... I've combined Private Tom Parade with Flashdance for a new film called Good Morning, Judge. <laughs> the end. Really rushed. Um, this is a huge money saver. This is The Curl Sea, Danish Blue, 20 million Frenchmen can't be wrong, The Italian Job, If It's Tuesday It Must Be Belgium, Funeral in Berlin, Hotel Amsterdam, No Sex Please We're British, The Spanish Gardener, and it's called The Cruel EEC. <laughs> All right, Graham. Well, I'd heard they were going to combine Blade on the Feather and Blade Runner and produce Gillette G2. <laughs> And news, you'll be pleased to hear, of a new video nasty, which is a punk version of Separate Tables, and it's called I Spit in Your Gravy. <laughs> Anybody got any more? Well, I've got a possible here, which is the mousetrap and Daisy pulls it off, and they're just doing no sex, please. <laughs> All right, teams, well, we... Uh, oh, I've got another oh, one. Oh, sorry. My doctor knows about it, though. <laughs> um, a Man Called Horse, Hell Below Zero, Reds and the L-Shaped Room. Uh, it's a film called Emmanuel Meets Red Rum. Which I... <laughs> the makers of To the Manor Born and The Matchmaker combined to produce their Man of the Match. <laughs> All oh. About Eve, No Way to Treat a Lady, and It Came From Outer Space, a new film called Boy George. <laughs> And they're going to remake Five Mules for Sister Sarah and title it Fair Swap. <laughs> All right, well, Willie Rushton squeezed a point out of that round. And we go on now to the point where uh, I flick through the yellow pages and ask our teams to stop me and choose a trade. And then at the end of the programme, I'll be asking the team for appropriate names for members of that trade and then announce them at their ball. Stop. Stop. Oh, actually, you've got, you've got a very early one here, uh, the letter V, and it's, uh, you can either have Venetian blind cleaners, or, or you can have uh, vibration consultants. Oh, consultants. don't talk shop. You're not looking cheerful. Vermin destruction. 
or veterinary surgeons. Let's have veterinary surgeons, shall we? Veterinary services or vets. Vets. All right, vets. vets. Right, start thinking. Even if it's a late hour. Now, we have a calypso round. This is the round when each team has to improvise a calypso with the members of the team taking alternate lines and uh, Colin Sell providing assistance at the piano. And uh, I'm going to ask you, Graham and Barry, to give Tim and Willie their subject for a calypso. Um, an easy one this week. Yes, yes. Doddle. Uh, will you please sing the President Mitterrand <laughs> calypso? <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thank you. Merci bien. <laughs> Allô, Monsieur Mitterrand. Allô, Monsieur le Président. Très français. Oui. C'est bon pour la France que vous êtes un homme. Nous avons une vache stupide. <laughs> Where we comes from? <laughs> Well, it's lucky we have a bilingual audience here. I'll give you three points. Oh, is that what they are? <laughs> no English. Tim and Willie, now, will you, give, will you give Graham and Barry their subject? We would like them to do the Calypso Calypso. As in Jacques Cousteau's boat, or Bateau. Oh, yes. His boat, the Calypso. His nice. boat, the Calypso. Bateau, Calypso. Pursuing calypso. the French motif. Mm. Right. And I'll start. I'll sing in English. You sing in English. I was sailing along in my boat, the Calypso. <laughs> With the first mate, who's a bit of a dipso. <laughs> we lowered the dinghy, put the oars in the rollocks. Fingers on the buzzer. <laughs> that doesn't rhyme. <laughs> better, than, better than what I'm thinking. And, uh, and lead a pipeline for Ackles and Pollocks. Oh, I'll say. Fifteen points to you for ingenuity. Oh. And we go on to the round called Straight Face. In this round, the aim is not to amuse the audience. Each panellist in turn says a word, and the first one who gets a laugh from the studio audience is disqualified. The remaining three continue the game in rotation until only one survives, and to that one I award a large number of points. Okay, and we'll start with you, Graham Garden. Mayonnaise. Plum. <laughs> Plinth. Gallows. Egg. Lime's wold. <laughs> Bad luck, Tim. Bad luck, Tim. You're out then. You're out. Barry, you start off again. Burlap. Willie <laughs> <laughs> Rushton. That was very Between popular. you and Graham Garden now. Mm. Tendril. Log. Room. Artichoke. <laughs> <laughs> not really, I've not really, it wasn't a laugh. Uh, a what? I, I didn't hear anything. Go, go ahead. Because the best he's got so far this evening. 
<laughs> Even so, it didn't register. <laughs> okay, Willie, continue. Grass, soup, plough, furrow, haddock. <laughs> I'm sorry, Willie. I'm sorry. It's no, no, just memories they were having. Too late to them now. <laughs> no, that, that makes the winner, Graham Garden. Great. How oh, glorious. Okay, teams, here's a game called Tag Wrestling. In this round, I'm going to give each team the payoff of a story, and I shall then start one of you off telling the story to fit your punchline. And then when I feel like it, I shall press my buzzer thus, and a member from the opposing team will have to take up that story, but make it fit his punchline. I'm sure you understand that. Now, Barry and Graham, take down your punchline, mm. and it's this. And Maggie entered a convent and was never heard of again. <laughs> Amazing right. what wishful thinking will do. And Tim and Willie, here's yours. The fairy waved her wand at Richard Clayderman, <laughs> but he still remained a frog. <laughs> Barry and Graham, you've had longest to think. Not that that'll make much difference, but you, you can start off your story now. Maggie got up that morning. It seemed just an ordinary day, and yet she felt that something was afoot. Probably, tw <laughs> probably 12 inches, but this was nothing to do with the day ahead. This is Maggie Wilkinson, of course, you've realised. Her personal private secretary came in and said, a phone call for you. Willie. And on the phone was a fairy. She <laughs> <laughs> said, I know it's appalling trouble, she said. I've got this frog called Richard Clayderman. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waving my wand at it all morning. Please don't go on any further, said Maggie. This is not my department. You should take it to the EEC uh, Commission in Brussels. So saying, she hung up the phone, and that was the last she heard about frogs and Richard Clayderman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what are my appointments this afternoon, she said to her PBS. That's short for personal private secretary. And I'm short for time. <laughs> and the personal private secretary said, you're all right uh, this afternoon. You can have it off. But unfortunately... <laughs> I have to return home because um, my wife is uh, playing the part of a fairy in the local fancy dress party, and I'm going as uh, Richard Clayderman, dressed as a frog. Maggie said, don't bother me with all this trivia. <laughs> I've got a country to run. And she Maggie Wilkinson, this is. Maggie Wilkinson, right, yes. It's you. a fairy story. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she Good. popped next door to number 11 and uh, received some dreadful news from the Chancellor. He said, the game's over. They've tumbled, all gone. She... <laughs> or not. The only thing that can possibly cheer me up is to listen to the works of Richard Clayderman <laughs> on the piano. <laughs> Alas, said Maggie, he's still a frog. I've got this fairy who's been waiting in the office outside now for about three days due to the rude treatment of the opposition. <laughs> but where, she said to her PPS, is uh, Richard Clayderman that I may go and listen to him? Well, I believe he's uh, being looked after, she said, uh, by a, a silent order of nuns. <laughs> Go and visit him there. So Maggie entered a convent and was never heard of again. Oh! <laughs> so. yeah, that was well, that certainly took me by surprise. Now, <laughs> we have a round called Justify. This is a new round in which we perform a social service. Each team member will pick a much maligned public figure an attempt to account for his or her behaviour. And I shall award points depending on how many members of the audience are moved to tears. 
Right, we'll start with you, Willie Rushton. Would you please justify Leon Britton? <laughs> it isn't easy to be Home Secretary. But there are things, cheerful things. He's not planning to hang everybody. <laughs> I don't think he's going to arm the traffic wardens. <laughs> uh, certainly not with cruise missiles. <laughs> and I think when you think of him in the Home Office, being ugly like that, it's not, it's not his fault he looks like an unfinished join-the-dots picture. <laughs> My heart goes out to him. He is a man of whom it is truly said. <laughs> well, the audience is looking extremely impressed by that, so uh, the rest of you have got a lot to beat there. Thank you, Willie. Now, Fair Graham, enough. would you please justify Mary Whitehouse? <laughs> yes, briefly. Um, I don't think people realise that the debt that we owe to Mary Whitehouse for her tireless fight against all forms of censorship. Because she's a shining example, because... She has seen and read more, more filth and, and, and rudery than anybody else in the world. But it's had absolutely no effect. And she stands now before us as wholesome and pure and nice as she ever was, therefore proving that censorship wouldn't make any difference at all. Excellent. Thanks, Mary. Excellent. Oh, <laughs> a wide measure of agreement there. Now, Tim, would you please justify the game for a laugh team? Yes, a, a much maligned group. Let me take them individually. There's Henry Kelly. Now, Henry Kelly, outside the game for a laugh studio, is a normal human being. You've heard him on Midweek. He's actually almost human. Take his sister, Matthew Kelly. Now, he's, <laughs> he's awfully good with children. I saw him the other day on the programme, and a little bit of humanity crept through for a moment. Sarah Kennedy, attractive, intelligent lady normally, but, you know, in, under these very, very difficult conditions where they're made to run down, grin at us, and then kick the teeth out of members of the public, it's not easy. Now, Jeremy Beadle, I'm afraid I can't actually justify Jeremy Beadle on any level whatsoever, <laughs> um, but I reckon three out of four isn't bad. <laughs> um, so basically, all in all, it's, uh, well, probably, if we didn't have it, we'd actually have more punchlines. <laughs> I think that's yeah. my justification. My case rests. Okay, Barry, now, would you please justify John Selwyn Gummer? <laughs> I honestly think, in spite of everything everybody else says, that he's the best thing that's happened to the Conservative Party for ages, because there, there was a blandness creeping in, a blandness. Even the scandals were bland. <laughs> there was a sort of complacency there, and I think they needed a hellraiser. They needed a wild, <laughs> roaring boy to come in and kick it all about a bit. And if you've looked at John Selwyn Gummer, <laughs> he's going to liven up the old house. And, well, what can I say? This man is going to be a dynamic driving force. Remember the name. Uh, <laughs> John Selwyn Gummer, you know it makes sense. <laughs> Barry wins that one. And we go on now to... <laughs> we go on now to the ever-popular Mornington Crescent. And this week we're playing the postcode version of the game. This follows a request from the post office to promote the use of postcodes on letters. So instead of saying a street, we want you to give teams its postcode. Do you understand that? Okay, 
Right, will you start now, Willie Rushton? SW5ORL. Many people put that on letters to me, and I haven't received one yet, but that's it, <laughs> SW5ORL. Don't go there. Don't go there. No, I was going to go north. North? Yeah. NW3ORL. Oh. Can I go south, Hump? Are you allowed to go south? Of course In this can. instance, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll lead to Willie going south. NW22HJ. NW17RH. That is stupid. Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well done, Barry. Because as our audience here realised, NW17RH is the postal code for Mornington Crescent. Yeah. Yeah. And you walked straight into that one, uh, Tim. Sorry, I can see it coming. I'm sorry. Sorry. Some other time. I was trying to Anyway, Barry, very good, wins that one again. And we have a musical story now. Ah. In this round, Colin Sell will play a tune, and one of you must start a story relating to the title of that song. And at a signal, which will sound indistinguishable from this... <laughs> Which of those two, Hump? <laughs> <laughs> You'd better take the second one, I think. <laughs> Colin will then change the tune, and a member of the opposite team will take up the story, but fitting it to the new tune. Uh, Don't know how they think of these. Anyway, Colin, will you start <coughs> playing a tune now? And we're going to start with your team, Tim and Willie. And we'll start with you, Willie Rushton. Can't save the Queen, Willie. <laughs> <laughs> this fairy... <laughs> was, was standing on Ilkley Moor and suddenly realised he's a Yorkshire fairy so his brain moved slowly <laughs> that he was hatless good lord said the fairy let's do something about this perhaps I could turn Richard Claydeman into a hat <laughs> so he set off across the moor with his wand Graham oh blue, uh, Sleepy Lagoon thanks <laughs> he set off with his wand in his hand and uh, soon he came across a, a soldier dozing by the roadside. And he said, who are you? And he said, I'm a sleepy dragoon. <laughs> and uh, what's this story about? How do you win this game? <laughs> Wait and see. Oh, I said, right. <laughs> And um, the soldier said, I notice you're not wearing a hat. And the fairy said, this is true. I notice you're wearing two. So I am, said, said the uh, sleepy dragoon. I got this first one, this one on the right, this green one. I got it <laughs> on Ilkley Moor by Tat. The other one was given to me um, in the Black Forest by Richard Claydeman. <laughs> Um, one day he, he happened upon me, sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that he did. <laughs> oh yes, one was given to him by Richard Claydeman, <laughs> if you see what I mean. And the fairy said, well... <laughs> There's still your other hat. 
Can't I? I've lost the will to live. Can't I? <laughs> can't I have I could help your you other hat, Sleepy Dragoon? <laughs> no, reposted the uh, soldier person. I got this in Spain. I've only just got to the point. <laughs> Tell you what, said the fairy, groping in the front of his <laughs> 40 yards of tulle, I'll trade you for one hat this extraordinary fruit that I discovered. <laughs> I think you can do better than get two hats for a lovely bunch of whatever these things are, fruits, uh, coconuts, coconuts. And you ought to see my wife. like to see your wife said the sleepy dragoon and went round for tea with the good lady leaving the fairy on ilkley moor still bart at how does this finish <laughs> <laughs> and i uh, uh fellow said this is my wife he'd left the fairy on ilkley moor bart at uh she's called susie and if you knew Susie like I knew Susie, oh dear, you wouldn't be listening to this programme. <laughs> and at that moment, in came his dog. Barked the dog. <laughs> I've just been looking up the rules here. <laughs> And I've discovered that Graham Garden won about three minutes ago. <laughs> Graham Garden, let's have a round of applause for Graham Garden. <laughs> and we go on to the point where I ask the teams to announce their late arrivals at the Vets Ball. Late arrivals at the Vets Ball, teams, please. Anybody can start, as long as somebody finishes. <laughs> well, that dog that was just coming in. <laughs> ah, he's called Carpenter. Always doing little odd jobs around the house. <laughs> Once made a bolt for the door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice to hear them again. Yeah, it is, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> limping, in, limping in, limping uh, in after an unfortunate accident in a cattery with his parents, Mr. and Mrs. Balls, <laughs> their son, Claude. <laughs> <laughs> Night all. <laughs> and he's with his friend Mike. Hat's been done. <laughs> he's new to me. <laughs> oh, welcome, Wayne Sleep, who's just come in. Um, somebody's whispering a question to him. Oh, it's how are you? Yes, that's the question that has been quietly put to sleep. <laughs> There's Mr. and Mrs. Dard Poodle and their son Stan Dard Poodle. <laughs> Exchanging a joke with Mr. and Mrs. Matosis <laughs> and their son Reg. <laughs> well, you try, they're not easy, these. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Mull Husbandry and their daughter Annie Mull Husbandry. <laughs> All the way from Port Stanley, Parakeet. 
<laughs> Australia, Mr. and Mrs. Elosis and their son, Bruce Elosis. <laughs> From his girlfriend. From Paris, Mr. and Mrs. Back of a Cow with their son, Arm in the Back of a Cow. <laughs> Oh, there's two cats making a Persian-to-Persian call. <laughs> there's oh, B, Stemper and Ray B's over there. <laughs> With Bub G Seed and Ken Harry Droppings. <laughs> there's a patient for the vet that's got a rather nasty cold. It's a little dog that's a little husky. <laughs> oh, there's a frog doing impressions. Rabbit, rabbit, rabbit. <laughs> I think he's in the cabaret with Shirley Bassett. <laughs> singing with a little whelp from my friends. Well, teams, time has finally beaten us. Struggling through the door. <laughs> Wishes she hadn't, but she's come halfway now. Anne Small, will you welcome, please? Anne Small, the really great animal lover. In fact, she loves all creatures, great and small. <laughs> she does. No, oh. she does. Be fair, she does. The okay. food and drink's marvellous, the catering. I mean, juleps and hamster jam. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Russell and Bob Martin. Oh, they've taken the powder. <laughs> well, we've come to the end of this week's show. Because <laughs> he's suddenly waking up. And uh, so it's, uh, all that's left for me to do is to say goodbye from our teams and myself. Goodbye. 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 <laughs> Cry, Graham Garden, Tim Brooke Taylor and Willie Rushton were being given silly things to do by Humphrey Littleton with Colin Sell setting some of them to music. The programme was produced by Paul Mayhew Archer. <laughs>